0: Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 66. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today I am very honored to once again be joined in the studio by Keith Rainey. He is a returning guest host of the About the Church podcast. Welcome back, Keith. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. We are going to be talking about something that uh, Keith and I used to be involved in quite some time ago, and we have basically covered this topic. Uh, DG and I have never covered this topic, uh, yet um, this, this podcast, when I originally started it year, gosh, a long time ago, long time. A long time ago, I basically, I thought this was going to be a podcast devoted to the Cell Church. Boy, how things have changed since those days. So um, we're going to talk about church outside of the campus, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of these big buildings that we build and, you know, building funds and and stuff like that. And and the fact that, you know, Sunday morning, your, your worship attendance and Sunday school classes, you're bursting at the seams. Obviously, it's time to put the big thermometer up in the wall. With the big dollar figure at the top and the little zero at the bottom, and 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 try to make everybody paint that thing red all the way to the top, right? Amen. Preach it, brother. That's exactly what we have to do in the churches today. Is we need more buildings. That's right. And 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 if, if you, and if the people won't pledge it, then go borrow the money. Absolutely. If you build it, they will come. That's right. Exactly against what uh, I think is is proper for the church, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um, church outside the walls, but yet we're going to start off the conversation with this topic of cell church. Again, it's been people who are listening to the About the Church podcast. If you have not gone back into the archives prior to the DG and Cliff days, you may never have heard of what the cell church is. And and uh, I don't know how I lost my passion for the cell church, although I, I haven't lost the vision because I still live it out. Stephanie and I, to this day, it, it, we started in 1996, Keith. Seriously? nineteen ninety. Well, actually, it was 95 because uh, I I actually got married in 96. So we actually started before we were married. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. does. So it, it's been quite a few years. Wow, I'm getting but, old. But I've led a cell group, if you will, for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes ever since then. Wow. I've never been without. Can wow. you imagine that? No, I can't. I mean, it, it, today, Stephanie and I still lead yeah. a, a small group in our home. Every Wednesday yeah, evening. you have
1: 14 years of that. Yeah, wow, that's fantastic. So,
0: and of course, uh, we're going to talk about the principles and and values behind it, what what it is, and stuff like that. So, Keith, why don't you explain how you came across? Well, let's first of all define cell church. Oh wow, how that's a tough one. Okay. You, well, I mean, just yeah. in, in our own terms, not technical okay. terms yeah, that technical Ralph terms. Neighbor would approve or anybody like that, or Dale Galloway or those guys. Right. Exactly. exactly.
1: Okay. Um, well, the way I see and you know, the way we see, I believe, uh, the cell church is that it's it's the basic foundation of what makes up the larger church, um, the larger church being the – I guess in the largest sense, the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then you have obviously your congregations, your local congregations, things of that nature. But we see another entity that we call the cell church. Um, Some people might have called it the house church. Mm -hmm. And it's basically where an intimate group, and I don't want to scare anybody off that word intimate. It's not like we're going to have to necessarily get together and hold hands and sing kumbaya. Just means that it's a a group of people that, that know each other, that trust each other, or at least build that trust in each other that come together um, on some kind of regular basis where they s- not only study the Word of God, but they try to apply the Word of God to their daily lives as that group. Uh, it's usually a smaller group, you know, maybe 20 or less would would be my my feelings.
0: Yeah, 15 uh, or less for me.
1: Yeah, you know, So, so you're trying to keep it that small group. And I think the term cell probably originally came from the idea that our body is made up of of, uh, you know, millions of, of cells that come together to form the body. Right. And they, they, they form the basic building blocks of the church. Right. And just like the cells in your body form the basic building blocks of your body.
0: Exactly. And, and, but yet when you have the cell, um, the understanding is that you have everything you need for life within, within one of those building blocks. And, right. And, that, and everything can multiply and grow out of yeah. that, that cell. Point. And good and point. so th- and those are analogies that we talk a lot about in in the cell movement, right. if you will, uh, is 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 bringing these analogy of of life mm-hmm. and how life reproduces itself, absolutely. And that if a cell does not reproduce itself, then it's cancerous, right. And and uh, either needs to be eradicated or or healed, one of the two, exactly. Yeah, I, that's
1: a good point. You bring up the point of multiplication. And that's one I didn't mention. That's a great point. I said that multiplication is key to a cell. You can't become stagnant.
0: That's right. So, so basically, and I, I, we in in layman's term, if you were to to let's say attend a church that was either a, a full blown what we call a cell church, or uh, in in a lot of my experience, unfortunately, uh, if you went to a very traditional church, you know the kind of church that uh, is very much Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night prayer meetings. Wednesday night midweek service, um, and then of course Thursday night you know little get together fellowship thing, and then Friday night the ice cream social, Sunday Saturday potluck dinner. You know where everything basically you live at the building which you right. pay for the heating and electric for seven days a week, right? And you do so out of obligation because you think you'd be wasting God's resources if you did anything outside of those buildings. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and you, and you know um, for those people who have never experienced a cell group or small group, um, probably the Something that they may relate to that would at least illustrate some of the ideas or concepts of a of a cell group would be a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a cell group, but if you think about it in those terms, if you think about maybe a women's ministries group or a men's ministries group, or you know, just fill in the blank with these blank ministries group, uh, you, you'll you'll come up with some of the concept of a cell group.
0: Right. It's basically a small group of believers, uh, where non-believers are cer- certainly invited to come and, and mm-hmm. participate in this group, uh, in, in most places. There, there are some churches, I guess, that, that prefer to invite those people to a, to the worship service, which I don't understand that. But, uh, anyway, right. it's, it's like inviting me to come golf, you know? Yeah. Why, Bad idea. Why don't you bring me to the putting, <laughs> you know, to the driving range first and 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 invite me to hang out with you a little exactly. bit. Teach me a little bit about this stuff before you go and ask me to... Uh, before
1: we include you in our foursome in the scramble. Eh? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. I'm sitting there pitching dirt like 40 yards, <laughs> parking my car on the green so I can get close and people are yelling at me, what's going on? Say, so, hey, park that car wherever you want. It's not in the way. You're not going to hit it there. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, basically, the deal here is that um, with the, with these small groups, it, it's it's all about doing life together, uh, living life together, and and what's really awesome about it is that it doesn't have to take place in a church building, it, it, and that's the thing. Although, like Keith said, you can you can have you can have almost all the facets of a, of a what we'll call a cell group. Um, or what we used to call a cell group, they're called everything today. Yeah,
1: there's all sorts of names. I, th- I,
0: af- I think after 9-11 and terrorist cells, I think a lot of people yeah. started to get a little scared of using... Had a little the stigma on that word, cell. Yeah, You're it, right. And and of course, some people were just like, man, these are people who get together and pray, and they're very fanatical about yeah. their faith. And, a bunch of fanatics. And, and, what do they thing. got in their basement? <laughs> exactly. So so the, cell, the so a lot of people uh, uh, abandon the term cell. I'm not afraid of it because I still love... The original analogies. It's the cell reproducing of life, multiplication. Right. Uh, I still think cell is the best term for the for a way to to really help somebody understand with diagrams and and to sure. understand the the process and, and the and the, the life giving force, if you will, of the church and how it grows. So so anyway. You can experience a lot of that in a Sunday school class. Um, it, it, doing life together is is you know. At, at, there are various stages uh, where mm-hmm. you come together and everybody's all you know. Oh, we like each other. This is so cool. And then then there's the there's that conflict stage where if right. you rub shoulders with somebody long enough, you're going to start to see some faults. Right. And 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 the hope is and the prayer is that you'll be able to. Uh, overcome those mm-hmm. faults, and that you'll bear with one another. That you'll do all the one anothers of Scripture, and and in fact, that's one of my favorite things about the Scriptures is is when you go through after doing life with other people and and making a commitment to do that, the Scriptures come alive because right. there is so much one another stuff in the Bible. Uh, you know, admonish one another, For encourage sure. one another. Um it, it, just all the one you know, serve one another bear sure. with one another all, all these different things, and so definitely you can you can get that but what i what I love about the cell movement and there's this you had mentioned the terms house church right there is a thing called the house church movement mm-hmm. uh and th- it looks very similar in many ways to the to the cell church movement but it 's very distinct from this thing called uh I, i'm a purist um in 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 some sense of the word so I was going to say in some sense in some sense of the word <laughs> because I've never actually been involved in a pure cell church but but I, I I'm pu- I'm a purist in the vision right how's that there I've never go. been able to act actively- I'll give you that one so so the thing is is that um there is there's the house church movement there's small group movements all over the world but there's this thing called the cell church movement correct uh, and, and 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 it, it, it they're it, and they're very Specific about how they you know what they what language they apply to certain things and what they suggest now they're not so strict to say as saying you have to do this model, but there is definitely about five or six distinct models out there which would be associated with this movement that right. that are kind of accepted as the norm right different ways of if you want to say organizational charts of leadership and and, right. and how things are uh, basically, how people are shepherded and ministered to exactly is the best way to to put that.
1: Well, and, and a couple things that you mentioned that I like to build on, and this whole thing is about relationship. And we always talk about the relationship between ourselves and God, okay, which is our vertical relationship. But there's also the need for that horizontal relationships, uh, you know, that are going on between other believers and other people. So the cell movement or the cell group or whatever you'd like to refer to it is a way to expand and actually live those horizontal relationships that are produced by and fed by that vertical relationship you have with God. Exactly. So that's what we're hoping to accomplish in a small group is to have those horizontal relationships become very strong, um, become something that feeds you and helps you get through just basic life.
0: Right. So, so Keith, you used to be um, – you used to be the head pastor of a, of a Nazarene church that Stephanie and I attended. Correct. And as head pastor, I, I know that there are many responsibilities in, in a tr- very traditional church, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a pastor, can you just name some of the responsibilities that as a traditional pastor you, you maybe had?
1: plumber um change the light bulbs uh no i'll go on to the more serious things although the, um, yeah those were very much very real i mean i'm are, making light of it but they're very real and they mm-hmm. take they 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 take your time uh but the things people typically think of are you are the one to preach the message preach message yep. which in my in my eyes is that person to teach and inspire through the word, that's what I see preaching as—to teach mm-hmm. and inspire and draw other people, either draw them to Christ or draw them to a, a closer relationship or a more effective relationship with Christ. So there's that aspect of it. You're kind of like the head teacher in that regard because you might teach those who are teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, there's there's counseling, mm-hmm. um, a lot of counseling going on, whether it be formal or informal. Um, there is the the basic casting the vision or trying to lead the people in the direction of the church. What does the body want to accomplish? Right. Uh, there's a lot of administrative duties.
0: Administration. A lot
1: of administrative duties. Um, you're basically, at least in the Nazarene church, we refer to, in official terms, the pastor is actually the president of the church for business reasons. Right. Um, so you have all the administrative and business things that you do as well. But you know, you've got the discipling that you're trying to do, whether it be directly or whether it be indirectly by equipping others. To disciple other people right um so those are the this is kind of the the high categories of things you do but the reality is for a pastor pretty much you do whatever comes up and whatever it,
0: comes up and that's not necessarily a good thing no but it's what you do exactly it's, it's exactly and of course here's some other things and i think you'll say oh yeah i forgot that uh sure. hospital visitation absolutely Absolutely. Um, as uh, some any kind of visitation, right? it, well, exactly. Uh, making sure that the elderly are taken care of with communion every now and then. Yep. Uh, that, that sometimes, especially on a, in a smaller church, the the head right. pastor definitely uh, that, that that will fall upon him. Uh, taking calls uh, from just about anybody in the church who is concerned about just about anybody in the world who says, "I'd really like you to come and visit this person because I think if you would come and talk to them, they might accept Christ today." Yeah, <laughs> you you are the key. Yes, exactly. You know, you you bear the message, and of course, you are the you are the end all be all. Person responsible for leading people to Christ absolutely uh, an unrealistic not very biblical understanding of what a pastor is supposed to be about but yet right. it, it it's a duty that falls upon the pastor so when you think about these and I'm sure that that we're missing out on some just sure I mean because obviously as you said you, whatever comes about and that and that covers so
1: much oh yeah the whole shepherding concept that you are there as the shepherd of the people but the reality is you're supposed to be the lead Shepherd mm-hmm. because we have found recently I guess we should say we've rediscovered recently that people can only effectively shepherd a small group of individuals that's why I mentioned the 20 mm-hmm. um, because that's that's kind of a number that that I've seen is that and other people have said that twenty is probably about the limit of what most people there's there's other people out there that can you know super shepherds that can do some great things, but most people can really only effectively minister right or shepherd about 20 people. Right. And when you get up and, and and you know congregations of 50, 100, 200 or several hundred, you cannot effectively shepherd those people.
0: Exactly. And well even when you get into a congregation of 80. Sure. You start to run into some issues. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you want that congregation to grow at all. Right. Now maybe if if you're okay with 80 and you want to and you want to maintain your ability to shepherd uh, obviously, at eighty you're working around the clock, yeah and you're miss you're you're dropping some balls uh and and stuff like that, but as long as the church doesn't grow, you might be able to shepherd eighty right, which of course, if you're shepherding eighty and you're not growing you're not doing too good a shepherd <laughs> not doing too good a shepherding exactly so, so it, it's a catch twenty two kind of deal it is so basically um here's the deal now of course you talk about some people now when we look at the example of a guy who quote unquote is the shepherd, you know the mm-hmm. good shepherd. Uh, being Jesus Himself, how many people did He effectively shepherd? Well, he he for the most part, his direct shepherding was twelve people. Twelve people, sure. And and now, obviously, he dealt with more a lot more people. And, sure. And of course, there he he had personal interaction with the women that followed his ministry as well. But but when it came time to training, equipping, teaching. Right. uh the greater truth it was the 12 but even sometimes he broke it down as like listen three, i'm going to i'm going to hang out with these 3 or i'm going to deal with these people one on one so definitely uh there is there is this principle of a, of a small group of people that mm-hmm. that you basically invest in and and you trust god to to pick up and the vision right that you're casting and and so that's really uh that's a key principle of this cell church movement. So basically it says to the it says to the head pastor that hey, take take amongst yourself a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And here's the big deal in the cell church and 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 this is why so many attempts within the traditional church fail uh when they try to do these cell church move, uh, uh ministries within their church, it's that the head pastor doesn't get involved himself. You know, and 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 so basically, the head pastor of the church who is involved in all those other details, when he approached with, oh, oh, here's this ministry style that we think would be very effective in our church, you have no idea how much I already do. I have right. no time to do this. Yep. I'll tell you what, though, we just hired this staffer, and he'd be great for our small groups pastor. And the thing is, is the the church is not going to catch the vision if the visionary and the vision leader and the vision caster of the church is not actively participating. It doesn't matter how many sermons he preaches on the principles of cell church. If he's not living it out himself, it's not going to stick.
1: That's exactly right. And so,
0: but basically, yeah, what happens effectively, now I just recently went into the hospital and had um, some surgery. Now I did not have, well, actually my head pastor did come and see me, but that's because I'm actually one of his direct shepherd links you know what I'm saying, right? So, so my head pastor did come see me, but but I'll tell you who who did come to see me was everybody in my home team, my or my cell group, my my Bible study group that meets here on Wednesday night. They came and saw me. They were the ones who offered to take care of my kids while Stephanie was running back and forth. They were the ones who brought meals, and and they were the ones who did ministry. Nobody called the pastor, head pastor of the church, and said you have to be there, right? You know, did you know right. Cliff's in the hospital? Uh, it, it, I was already, our family was already well taken care of. And so that's, that's some of the benefits of this is that when you're living life with people and investing in their lives, people care, you, it, it is, it, it we, we don't want to scare with people with the word intimis, uh, intimate, intimate, right. but, but that's naturally what happens. It, it, it's not an unnatural intimate. Right. And, and when we say intimate, we mean, we don't mean like I say that people
1: get around and they hold hands all the time and it's yeah. touchy feely singing Kumbaya. It's a matter of you know the person and you know what's going on in their life as much as they share with you. There's there's no forced opening or you know open openness. There's no no okay we're gonna pull this extract this uh, secret information out of you so we can all talk about it and feel better. No, no. that's not what it's about. It's a small church, really. Yeah, it it's is a small church within a larger church.
0: That's exactly as a matter of fact. That is definitely the language that the cell church movement would use: is the church within the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, basically, when you come together, let, let's talk about a, like a, a, one of these gatherings, these meetings. So mm-hmm. people have an understanding of maybe what does happen. And, and there's no, well, some churches will prescribe what happens. They'll give you an agenda and say, we'd like you to cover these main things. And some of those things are, well, we'll get together and we'll have some time of just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite part of the meeting, by the right. way. <laughs> you know, uh, just hanging out, getting to know what's, what's been going on there there's no directed questions it's basically if you have snacks or chips or whatever you you just just hang out or if you don't you just sit in the living room and say so what's new with you this week yeah and and you just talk and and it's really laid back very very laid back um and and i love my favorite groups are the ones who meet inside each other's homes Mm -hmm. you know because it's so it's a relaxed atmosphere there's no pressure you don't feel like you're sitting up in a pew or something like that it's or in a in an uncomfortable Sunday school chair or something. It's it's just so laid back, right? And uh, basically, then then there may be depending on uh, the the gifts and talents and abilities of your group. Uh, if you guys decide you want to, you could you could do some worship together. Now, if you wanted to, you could sing "Kumbaya" and hold hands. But <laughs> I've not been a part of any of those uh, over the years. I've had I've had people in my group that played guitar and 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 loved. Uh, a couple of different courses that they knew, or something like that, and they would lead us in a in a worship song, or or sometimes uh, worship can just be reciting some scriptures. Or right, that's whatever. the key. You don't force fit it. Exactly. You don't force
1: fit it by saying, "Okay, we've got to have three courses sang, and we've got to sing each of those courses six times through." You don't force-fit. Whatever gifts or talents are there, you let people have the opportunity to use those gifts or talents. Exactly. And that's one of the big mistakes that a lot of times I believe is made with cell groups or, or small groups is that we try to treat them in a cookie-cutter fashion. Mm-hmm. And we force-fit everything and say, here's here's your format. Here's how you have to do this, 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 and this, and this. Yep. And I understand why we go that, way, that method, but... It's a mistake that we make, and it ends up biting us in the end.
0: Yep, exactly. And so, uh, and, and I've seen that. I, I've definitely been a part of. I, I've actually made that mistake plenty of times in the past because I have no ability to sing or play an instrument. I, I will, I, I will. Amen. That exactly. And yes. so, uh, I will hit the the button on the on the on the CD player. And so I've actually said, okay, well, we're going to have a worship song tonight and we're just going <laughs> to hit the play button. And I've typed up the words and stuff. And, and of course that's worked, but it's, it's always been forced. And so, uh, these days I don't do that. I, I if, if there's nobody there that has the gifts and talents and ability to, to lead some kind of a song of worship or something like that, that, that they are comfortable with it. That that's something that they love. Right. Then what I'll do is I'll just, I'll sometimes I'll just say, Hey, what, what's going on that's just really cool in your life right mm-hmm. now? You know, and and let's thank God for that. Yeah, you know, and that that that's worship in my mind. And so, uh, then of course there is uh, a, usually a time of uh, either a uh, a discussion. Uh, some of the best meetings that I've ever had are just discussions mm-hmm. about faith, kind of like what we do here. It, it no set agenda, no set topic. It's just where are you in your relationship with God? What are you struggling with? What are your thoughts about Christianity? Right. What have you faced this week that, that maybe has has kind of prompted you to ask questions about your faith? Mm-hmm. Just to have an a open-ended discussion led by the Spirit of God just to, to really keep our mind focused on right. who we are and why we're here. Sometimes a group will have a set discussion guide, if you will. Uh, topical maybe something that applies to the people in your group maybe your church is doing a, a series on Sundays and or whenever your worship is and and you decide to do some lessons that the pastor has put together you know that goes according to that um, and, and, and or whatever you know there have been some actually one of my favorite moments was uh, when we would just open up the book of the we would just open up to a book of the Bible and we'd just start reading until one of us just all of a sudden had a question. Right, and then we just discuss it, and so that that's a lot of uh, what goes on, and, and it really brings the focus back to again, you know, what's God's word saying to us? Right, How, where are we? Where's our life according to this? And you really get to know people each other, and there's no obligation for everybody to speak up. It's a very safe place. It, it's not like we're going to go out and talk about you know what was talked about in the group, um, and and there's some confidentiality that right. that are usually associated with these groups. And you don't have to force it to this so-called deep level.
1: You know, sometimes we feel like this yeah. is—it's is, like a, a special, uh, you know, twelve steps group where we have to force this down to some deeps level. No, that's not what it's about. No, nope. it's about building the horizontal relationships and doing that with every with having the common goal of doing that with the Lord.
0: Exactly. That's it. It's that yep. simple.
1: It's it. You know, we really can't apply the kiss method, the keep it simple, stupid method, and say. Let's just keep this thing simple.
0: Yep. That the, the, my favorite meetings are the ones where we just hang out, you know, and 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 it's not just like it was, sometimes it is just it, it's just we we've had people come over to the house. We're all exi- ex- completely, totally exhausted from the week, mm-hmm. you know. And to be honest with you, there's a study lesson that was given by the pastor of our church. And we would start it and we would ask the, you know, the first couple questions and we would say, wow, this is lame. You know, and, and we all kind of like have been thinking it, you know, question yep. number one, that was lame. Question number two. And then by question number three, and, and maybe it's not that it's lame. It's just that we're not in the mood to discuss yeah, this just right now. It's not happening tonight. And, right. and so by by question number three, we take it. We, we, we uh, roll up the piece of paper, toss it across the room and say, what's going on, guys? Yeah. You <laughs> know, let's just talk.
1: I, I like to view, when I, when I think about it and try to put it into the, the biblical view or the Jesus view, you know, how, how would Jesus run a cell group? I, I like to picture where he is uh, gathered with his disciples, several of the conversations he has. It's kind of like they're sitting around the fire, sitting in somebody's home, whatever. And he might see something out the window or see something over there that he wants to talk about you know kind of like the farmer sowing the seed hey you know I, the kingdom of heaven is, is like a farmer sowing seed and he might just share that that's a thought that came to him an idea yeah. and i like to view a cell group running and functioning like that mm-hmm. and sometimes it might be more intense than other times and that's great yeah that's great
0: absolutely absolutely and of course um one other one other typical uh, thing that that sometimes is associated with these agendas uh, for for that are maybe suggested for your time together is, is a time of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this can run the gamut of all different types and, and shapes and sizes as well. One of the things that I don't like to do is say, does anybody have any prayer requests? Oh, my goodness. Because when you ask that, you're going to hear all about um, so-and-so's cousin's uh, second nephew. The sis- corn on their toe. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you it, you never hear a request somebody says, for myself. No. Because it's so, because
1: they don't feel safe on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so um, and, and it depends on how how long you've been meeting together, how close your relationships are, are and, and how 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 comfortable everybody is feeling with one another. But there 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 comes a time when you can just say, you know what, we're, we're going to spend a time in prayer. But uh, you know what? We already know what's going on with right. each other's lives here. Let's take a moment and just either there's let's pray silently. We're going to just dedicate the next three or four minutes here. We're all going to pray silently for somebody else that's, that's brought up something in this meeting. Right. Um, there's there's the opportunity. Uh, there have been times when we basically went around the room and said, you know, let, let's share what it is that we want to accomplish uh, in our relationship with God or others mm-hmm. over the next week. And we share that. And then basically at the end, we say, instead of saying, okay, now let's pray and say all of those things so God can hear it. Instead of saying, it's like, we basically at the end of it say, God, hear our prayer. Sure. And and boom, we're done. Sure. You know, and it can be so many different things. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable, awkward, anything like that. Because the the truth is that God is there. He's in our midst. He he is a Mm -hmm. part of this conversation this this meeting this gathering together right and and he and he's very much involved in this presence of of this and, and that's what's amazing about these gatherings right is that there is real power in getting together with other believers right and plus
1: in that prayer time you've given someone an opportunity that if they want to say to the group i have a special need that i want you guys to pray for the opportunity is there, mm-hmm. and it's not forced. It's not coerced. It's just if they'd like to do that, they have this chance, which without that small group getting together and meeting, they wouldn't have that opportunity. Right. They're not going to do that in the middle of a worship gathering with 400 other
0: uh, congregants. No. This is an opportunity for them. And, and sure, they may go to Sunday school class every Sunday, mm-hmm. but if that Sunday school class is primarily somebody standing in front of the Lecture. classroom mm-hmm. and lecturing and and. People feeling intimidated by the the knowledge and wisdom of the man up front in the front of the class, they're not going to raise their hand at the end. And, no. and when he says, "Oh, does anybody have any player requests?" Chances are very slim that that person's going to open up and right. reveal a, a, a need of their heart. Right. And and so it it really does come from this really doing life together. Yeah, that's what it's all about.
1: Exactly. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard Sunday school teachers or people in Sunday school classes say something to the effect of that was a great class we had this morning because there was so much discussion. Mm -hmm. What are you saying when you say that? You're saying, I don't want to sit and just listen to a lecture. I want to participate. You've just said, I want a cell group. Yes. I liked this because it's like a cell group. And Sunday school classes can be very much like a cell group. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is there's a couple things... Sorry about that. There's a couple things that distinguish those. And one of those is the Sunday school class, typically, by its nature and design, has to happen inside the church walls on Sunday morning. Yep. It's kind of like a rule. And if you know, you're not a morning person like me, oh my gosh, it's yeah. not fun. Yeah, I think that's written in First Opinions, Chapter 5. I think that so. That it has to happen inside the church on Sunday morning. The other thing um, about the Sunday school class that – that sometimes takes over, okay, is that there's not the emphasis or the push, to use the word you used earlier, to multiply. Mm -hmm. Very rarely is it spoken to a Sunday school class that one of your chief goals, one of your chief objectives is to become two Sunday school classes. Right. And that's why the term sell is such a good definition of what we're talking about because and, and Amanda from Michigan mentioned this just a little bit earlier. I want to get to that. She said uh, in her church, the cell the uh, the cell groups, the small groups, have kind of turned into an exclusive club. Yeah. If you have that drive, that desire to multiply, you can avoid that. And unfortunately, she's right on target. That is what very often they become. Mm-hmm. They become something where we just become our own little clique, our own little club. And then they just spiral downward and start become gossip sessions, and you know I can't believe this person came to church looking like that. I can't believe the pastor did this, blah blah blah, and all sorts of negative things come from it. They can't be allowed to become an exclusive club, and part of the way to avoid
0: that is to push that whole idea multiply 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 right now i will tell you i have uh, when i when i first went to this one church and i was brought on and they asked me to be the 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 quote unquote cell pastor of their of their small group ministry of their cell ministry um I recall somebody that I spoke with said, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're here. This is gonna be so great. Uh in fact my parents were a part of the first and she called it a cell group because she knew that was the language that I was using. But yeah. they were very much a, a they were a small group, they were a Sunday school class that moved into their home. Right. Basically is what happened. Sure. Uh and and met on a day other than Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they they were a small group and she says my my parents were among the very first to lead the way for small groups here at this church. Uh won't say the name of the church. But anyway, um she says, "Yeah, and and that was 5 years ago and still today that same group is meeting every single week." Now, I, I don't think it has to turn into a gossip session. Right. And I do believe that this group that she was talking about, let's just assume the best that, that these people are very strong in their relationships with one another. And let's just say that, that, that maybe in the best case scenario, that these people are so, Dedicated to what they 've been discussing all these years that they're actually doing community service projects together right. and all this other stuff the the problem that I have with one of those groups and and let 's just say it hasn't gone all sour, mm-hmm. but if you've been together in that same group for five years, your group hasn't grown because obviously it hasn't grown in five years if you're still together because the truth is is that i've been a part of these groups, and if you're if you're growing, then eventually you can't fit in somebody's house. Right. You know, I've seen a group that's limited to 15 people mm-hmm. actually blossom into 32 people within a very short period of time. I'm talking like four weeks. Sure. You know, word gets out and and how exciting this stuff is and, and it grows. And then all of a sudden you have to multiply yourself into three groups. Sometimes even too soon, and that can be an issue in and of itself uh, because right. obviously um, the whole giving birth thing—you know, you have to put them on incubators and exactly you have to, a little extra intensive care is necessary. But anyway, um, see that's why I love the analogy of life and everything because it, it works both ways. Well, sure. But but anyway, what happens is you have overcooked Christians, and and they have this amazing amount of knowledge and wisdom when it right. comes to who God is. And they have this amazing amount, and, and sometimes they get so content to be in their group, their small group that they've met with every single week or every other week for the last five years, and and they think that, you know, if we just go out once a month and do a project together, that shows how much God's really using us, when in, in, in fact, just imagine if that group is 12 people strong, just imagine if that group, after five years, would be willing to say... Let's give up our comfort zone. Let's instead, th- this group right here. Let's come together and meet once every other month, right? But and, and make a commitment that every other week we're going to split up into twos and go out two by two, yeah, and start what we've been doing for the last five years, and let's 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 grow those up. Sure. And but, but let and, and you don't have to give up that meeting right. of those original people, those friendships that you've built, and all those other things. They don't have to be thrown aside. No it's going another step exactly and so um that, that, so let's talk about the, this this idea of multiplication of course uh when you get into a it, it's a scary thing absolutely it if, is. if you are new to the faith or maybe not new to the faith maybe if you're just new to doing life with people right um and you've been involved in this group for the last 8 months 9 months You've really you never saw yourself opening up and sharing about your life because, well, you're a little freaked out by that that intimate thing, but all yeah. of a sudden you found that just naturally you you've developed some close relationships with people that sure. that you trust and you've shared some some pretty deep issues, not because they were brought out of you, but you just you felt compelled to share those, sure. And you've grown a lot and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, you know, nine, ten months into this thing, this group starting to say, you know, hey, we're getting so big. Look, look, look in this living room. We we can't all fit in here anymore. Right. Uh, we we have designed this thing from the beginning. We've talked about it all along. I know you guys maybe have kind of drowned it out the fact that one day we're going to multiply this group into two. Uh, but we, you know, we've talked and, and, uh, somebody here has stead, stepped up and said that they want to, to lead a group of their own and, and God has, uh, given them that call that says, you know, I, I think I can do what this is. And it's really just in opening your home and inviting people right. and loving them. I mean, can you do that? I mean, seriously, that's what it's all about mm-hmm. and said, and then you said to the group, it's like, so we're going to set a date, uh, in, in two and a half months from now on this date, we're going to celebrate what's happened here, and we're going to take this group and multiply it right into two. And I will tell you, uh, and it's not unnatural, and there's nothing wrong with it. But that is scary as heck for people. Oh yeah, it is because you just you just said you're going to take my comfort zone away. Yep, absolutely. And uh, of course, then there's you know who's going to go where. Right. You know, and sure, I want to be over here, but I don't want to be away from this person. Right. And and it, and 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 then it and then. The question becomes and 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 I don't mean to point fingers and stuff like that because obviously there have been times uh, over the years i've been a part of a lot of multiplications, and uh, I will be honest with you there are times when when my own selfishness gets in the way it's like is this group for me and how it makes me feel and how comfortable I can become and and these or is it about making sure that this group and all the benefits that I've got from it? are open for other people to come. Because right Mm -hmm. now, the only reason I've been able to experience the deep relationships that I have and desire not to be broken up is because we've been allowed to have these relationships because our group has been so small. And it's, it's provided the atmosphere for me to actually speak up where I never would have done it. If there were 18 people here, there's no way I would have shared what I shared back when there was only seven of us. Right, exactly. And you know, you just hit on something
1: that is... Not just a symptom of cell groups, but it's a symptom of the church at large. And that is, is this for me? Mm -hmm. It's all about me. And we see that whether it's in a cell group or whether it's in a Sunday school class or whether it's in just the larger church. We see that we are looking for what is for me. We may attend a church for some period of time, and then all of a sudden the pastor will do something or a teacher or somebody else will do something that gets us a little bit upset or gets us bothered, and we don't like what's going on or the direction of what's going on, and our first thought is, this is not for me any longer. I'm going to go somewhere that's better for me. Yeah. And maybe that's not what God wants. Maybe God wants you to stay right there and be a part of correcting the problem, yep. Because this whole worship thing is not me focused; it's God focused. Yeah. And when we take that and carry it into the cell group, we get exactly what you just described. Where I'm, I'm content with this group, and I'm comfortable with it. So the heck with this multiplying stuff. I'm not going anywhere.
0: Exactly. Because this is for me. That's right. And and you know what? And sometimes I will say that that um, we Christians uh sometimes we'll make the mistake in how we approach other people about Christianity and our faith and we suggest well if you would only do this your life would be so much better if you would come to church you would find that your your needs will be met your needs it, will be met exactly and and so so we almost sometimes get stuck in you know sharing the faith and and inviting people to become a part of the body of believers By appealing to their selfish nature, right? You know, by what if you come? Let me tell you what you're going to get out of this, right? So, so I mean, it's only it it only makes sense Mm -hmm. that we become consumers and that we see everything. What am I going to get out of this? And how does this affect me? Uh, it, It it's what we sometimes as Christians will propagate as the invitation to become a member of the body of Christ is so much different than you know if you will follow me you must deny yourself give up your life carry your cross daily right you know that that's a little different than I I don't recall when I was asked if I wanted to become a Christian you know there, that that had a lot to do with that message right you know what i'm saying so so when i actually Got and and I'm going to use some you know from, from an outsider's view of this or mm-hmm. or maybe a new believer's view of this. I got suckered into this thing thinking you know this I was going to get this this and this. Then all of a sudden the preacher up front talking about me denying myself. Yeah, what's this about? Yeah, well, this is exactly. beat switch. Yeah, you know and and so yeah, I, I can see where this has become a problem. But but when we when we really start to understand who Christ is and what the real message is. And
1: I think when He begins to really work in our heart and we see, as you said, we see Him for who He really is, and we begin to want to be like Him, Mm -hmm. then there becomes a yearning, a desire to serve. And one of my questions is, sitting in a pew or a seat or whatever your particular church congregation sits in on a Sunday morning, how much are you serving? I've always had a problem. It's one of my pet peeves. Why we call it a worship service? Mm-hmm. There's very little service going on on Sunday morning. Very few people are serving on Sunday morning. It's a time to come together. It's a gathering for worship, but a worship service.
0: I think that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot of especially if anything on at maximum ten percent of the people are serving in any oh, capacity. Max. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, know, what, where what are we serving? Yeah. And uh
1: the question comes down to where can you effectively serve? Can you do it in a large congregation or can you do it in a smaller group of people? Yeah. That is a part of a larger congregation.
0: So so what does what does a cell church look like? And 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 this is, you know, may, maybe your involvement in the church has been, you know, I I I go to one of those churches where we pretty much do most of our interaction with each other in this building a cell church uh they're not opposed to having buildings right. uh they're they're not anti-building right uh and they're not anti they're not anti-programs such as Sunday school classes and sure. stuff like that they're they're not they're they're into anything that's going to build and foster community and doing mm-hmm. life together so it's not like we're you know not we but it's not like the cell church movement is opposed to any of the things that go on in the traditional church it's just the question is are these things beneficial to the overall vision? And and here's where here's the main differ, differentiating factor. In the traditional church, the main focus, the 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 focal point of what everything in the church balances on is usually the weekend gathering. Right. You oh, know, yeah, everything is building up to that that climax exactly. Mm-hmm. It's that Sunday morning is the key place. It, it is the key event. It's where you invite. It's the front and back door of the church. Yep, you know, and and it's the side doors and all the emergency exits. I mean, it's Sunday morning. See you there. Yep, or or whenever you you do that. But in a traditional church, it's that one sure. meeting a week. And in a and here is the main focal difference of of the um, the cell church. It it, it doesn't take away from that corporate gathering if we will. No. In fact, it says, you know what, that's extremely important. Yeah. The gathering of everybody coming together to worship what's being to worship God for what's going on in our daily lives. This is so important. We understand why traditionals think it's so important. But you know what, we never make that event more important. In fact, it's always equal to right. the importance of doing life together in between those corporate gatherings. Exactly and and we we specifically encourage you to take part of that at least on a a biweekly basis if not a weekly basis in in some kind of formal gathering mm-hmm. known as a cell group but and and, and the thing is, is is even some cell churches get this one wrong they think okay sunday morning and then wednesday night or tuesday night or whenever you meet and that's all it's like okay so i can handle this because it's sunday morning it's like no no. there, this is doing not Sunday together and Wednesday together. This is doing life. It's life together. It's life.
1: It, it's it's a lot like, it's a lot like living in a neighborhood and having friendships with the neighbors around you. Friendships that mean, hey, you want to come over and grill out, right? Hey, you want to go? <clears throat> you want to run to put a plug in for Applebee's? You want to run to Applebee's? Okay. Um. Hey, you want to go Christmas shopping together. Hey, you want to do whatever. It's living life. It's, it's having those kinds of friendships and relationships that when you do things together, you typically do them with these people. Mm-hmm. And that makes for a great opportunity to include someone else into the picture. You know, you may have your group of four that typically goes out to eat on Friday night. And you say, you know what? I've got somebody I work with that I think is really starting to show an interest in Christ, in the whole idea of something better for themselves. Well, bring them Friday night. Yeah, it doesn't as, have to when be we bring go to them Sunday
0: morning, and it doesn't have to be bring them Wednesday night to the cell meeting. It's, exactly. It's, you know, hey, we're going out to Applebee's, and we're going to shoot darts or whatever. I mean, invite them to that. Exactly. And 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 just the, the and here that's the that's the one of the things that I love about doing this podcast with with DG and and having you come in and guest hosting every now and then. You know, it it's it's all about just living life, sharing, and just explaining mm-hmm. and and letting people see. That Christians aren't always what the TV or movies portray us to be. Right, we're not all a bunch of fanatical people who go around just judging everybody. Right, we we do life together. We live, we love, we laugh. Some of us even drink beer. Uh, you know, some of us uh, there, there, some of us do some things that you might, you might even be shocked yeah. what some of us do. Uh, and some of it, you know, maybe some of us are okay with what some of us do. Some of us aren't okay with what some of us do. But when you get into the New Testament, you read stuff that—that's where it gets exciting. You say, you know, don't judge your brother. You well, know, and how of, are,
1: how are you ever going to be real with somebody if if you can't ever build a relationship strong enough to have that conversation? If if somebody does something in in so many of our congregations today, if somebody is doing something that you are concerned about you see them in a particular lifestyle or you see them doing something that you think i think this is harmful i think this is going to be a negative for them you know what most of our church uh settings do we tell somebody else about it and talk about it Mm -hmm. as a prayer request yeah it might be a prayer request you do not want to gossip No, because prayer requests and gossip are totally different exactly Exactly. yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely because yeah. when we're really concerned... I'm only
1: telling you this so you can pray for them. <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you some more of the details.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and did you hear this? Yeah, and did you hear this? Because this will <laughs> help you be more specific with your prayers. Because exactly. remember, that's what the whole pastor sermon was about last week. Exactly. Let's be more specific. Let's
1: be more specific about our prayer requests. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but we can't ever approach that
1: person because... We don't have a relationship
0: That's with that person. That's the critical thing. How, how can – see, the Bible does tell us to admonish one another. Sure. It tells us that that if we see something to, – to, well, sometimes it says if it's a sin that does not lead to death, it doesn't say to go to that person. It says to pray for that person. Exactly. And if it's a sin that leads to death, then then you go. Right. And, but the thing is you can't go if you don't have it's, – it's, it's not right for you to go and judge somebody and to share your concern for them if you have not in, previously invested in a relationship you with that person. have earned their trust. It, they're, they're not going to listen. To, and that's the one thing Donald Miller said a long time ago that when I saw him speak at a conference. He says, people will never listen to you. They could care less what you have to say unless they know for a fact that you like them. Exactly. Not, not that you love them. We're, we're not talking, yeah, oh, I right, love, the I love, love everybody. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> people will not listen to you unless they know for a fact that you like them, Yeah, that you genuinely care for them. Yeah, you care. And, and, and you'll never get somebody to know that unless you've invested in a relationship with them. And that's what cell group is about. It, it's saying, you know what, I, I, I'll be honest with you. There are people I go to church with right now, and, and I see them every Sunday. I know their names. Uh, but beyond that, I, I know nothing else about them. Right, but I tell you what—the people who have been a part of my group that comes into my home on Wednesday night—I know so much about them, mm-hmm. and they know so much about me. And and it, and it's not just—we don't just see each other on Sunday, and we don't see each other on just on Wednesday. But when I went into the hospital <gasps> on a Saturday, well, guess who shows up Sunday yeah. after church? They come to visit me, and guess who showed up on Monday? Right. Guess who showed up on Tuesday at the hospital and guess who came and brought us meals on Thursday evening and, and stuff like that. It, it it's, it's all about doing life together and having these relationships. And, and really that, that's what it's just being real, being who you are. And that's the, that's the, I think that's the one last thing that I, I want to say about uh, this. And we'll start to wrap up. Uh, I have a dear friend of mine uh, that listens to this podcast and, Her mean gripe about the Christian church and her experiences in it has been so many times she's been, she has gotten involved. You know, she's kind of gotten over what happened the last time, gets involved, finds some nice people who are willing to let her be herself until eventually she comes to the point where all of a sudden somebody just out of the blue suggests this is how her cookie cutter life ought to be like. Right. Right. You know it's like it, it it's just it, and of course, I would assume that by her reaction to that these are people who have not who have not clearly invested in their lives now these are maybe I, I will go so far as to say these are people who think they have invested or who have who think that they have earned the opportunity to start to speak into their lives mm-hmm. but they're not you know right. when when somebody uh, when somebody has is has a relationship you are so open to hear from god mm-hmm. and to hear from god through someone else right and, and that happens naturally. And that that's what this atmosphere of the cell church, I think, does does so well. Right. And, and it's what has always drawn me to it. And, well, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit more of a control freak, and I like the organizational <laughs> structure and stuff like that. So I was a little drawn by that as well.
1: But, you know, you, you hit a good point there. And, you, you know, you're talking about wrapping this up here because there's one, one final thing that I think I'd like to interject. And and that goes along with the organizational structure. And that is you do have to have a good strong mature leader as a part of your cell group and that's where the pastor and the staff and so forth have to invest their time to make sure you have a good strong mature leader it doesn't have to be a bible scholar i'm talking about somebody who can help train people and help them see and understand that before you go telling someone something you need to have a good trust relationship built up you need to make sure that this is what god is instructing you to do Maybe bounce it off of me or whatever. But that good, strong, mature leader can be a key to a good, effective cell group. And they can help keep the vision,
0: Right, that vision there. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and play, start our three-minute uh, extra music <laughs> so we can uh, start to wrap it up here. Um, some good resources. If anybody's intrigued by this thought of, of doing ministry this way, first and foremost, I'm going to suggest um, maybe a couple books Keith and I can throw out here. Uh, the first thing I'll suggest is that you don't come in and say and go and read the book, and then all of a sudden say, "Hey, pastor, I know what's wrong with our church." Yeah, you, you're doomed for failure there. <laughs> yes, you are. So basically, what you want to do is is maybe get a hold of some of these books, read them, mm-hmm. and 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 find a way to to share these books and to talk about maybe you know in a very kind and considerate way to. To your head pastor and, and talk with him about what well, God's laying on your heart and and stuff like that, and um, just maybe get him a copy of the book, let him read it, and right. say, you know, hey, I don't know if you think this is worthy or not, but just read this. And if if you're if you think that this might be a good direction for our church, I want to volunteer to to be a part of the the vision casting on this thing. I want to be I want to be a part of something, right. That's going to radically change doing life together, as as we see it in Acts two forty two through forty seven. There you go, there you go, and 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 I will volunteer if you
1: want to contact me with questions about cell group or concerns or other things. You know, contact me, Rev Rainey at yahoo You can you can contact me, and I'll be willing to to help any
0: way I can. That's right, and that's R E V R A N E Y at yahoo.com Keith is uh, doing consulting work for churches so it'd be yep. an excellent resource for that but let's talk about some books um, what The I guess the main influential book uh, for so many years has been Where Do We Go From Here is Where one Do We novel. Go
1: From Here is an oldie but goodie as well as 2020 Vision is an oldie but
0: goodie yeah and uh, it's Ralph W. Neighbor Jr. is mm-hmm. Where Do We Go From Here and Dale Galloway yes 2020 Vision yes and those are both great resources and of course if you want to um, there's a book that I think would be excellent. It's not going to tell you all about the the structure, but it's a great book to give you the the vision of how this all looks in the in the trenches. It's How to Be a Great Cell Coach by Joel Kamisky. and uh, it, 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 yeah. it, if nothing else, it'll teach you how to have these relationships of trust and. And, and if you're involved in leading a, cell, a Sunday school group or a small group of any type, How to Be a S- Great Cell Coach right. by Joel Comiskey is a great book to just really get you excited about, about your role of discipling and, and shepherding and stuff. Absolutely. So. Anyway, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsor who has sponsored uh, an entire year of episodes. His one request is that he be kept anonymous for his sponsorship, but he also asks us each week to remember to pray for another church in our area that is not our own. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. God bless and uh, join the community.